Amen. Well, good morning, Trinity Life Church. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Um, again, like Pastor said earlier, if you haven't shared this service, go ahead and share this service and know that when God speaks, it's not just for you. It may be for another person. And so go ahead and press that share button and let someone else hear this service. It may touch them and meet a need in their life. I want to go ahead and get started this morning and, and begin with sharing with you what I will be uh, sharing this morning what the Lord's put on my heart. The title of this message is Our Certainty and Fulfillment in Christ. You know, the Holy Spirit and God move in such a way that there's always a constant certainty that we can have with him in our lives. And I saw that even more evident as I prepared for this message and as I prayed over this this past week, um, I saw Lord do, the Lord do something that just really, it really just blew my mind. And I want to share it as a, a testimony to start this. And that's this. Um, throughout this week, I've been in a certain book in the Bible, and I've been reading through that book, and I've probably read through it twice, and, and I got a text message from one of our youth students, and she said, Pastor Reese, could I start a Bible study and get all of the other youth kids and all of the other youth leaders involved, and could we all go through it together? And I said, of course, you know, of course, I would love for you to do that. So she just took hold of that, and, and she picked the book that we were going to start with, and the book that she picked was the exact book that I had already read through twice, and I had not told her. And I thought, oh my goodness, she doesn't even know. And I didn't tell them until we had a, a online meeting yesterday. And then not knowing this, that our own pastor, Pastor Childs, had been in that exact same book that I was in, that she was in, that we all were in, all, all of us together without knowing. I found that out this morning. All of us were in the same exact book this entire week without knowing. So God is certain God is true to his word. He goes before us. He'll lead us. He'll show us what we need. He'll speak to us in unity as a body and as the church. And so today our hearts should just be full of joy knowing that God's in control. God is in control. And I want to start off with saying this. We are in a place in our country where I would label this as a, a time of uncertainty, I told my wife the other day, really actually when all of this really started to really set in on a deeper level, everything that we're facing with this virus, with the economy, with what's going on socially, what's happening in our country and around the world, what I told her, what really set me, just, just uh, can really just upset me about all of it was I, I felt uncertainty. I'm the type of person that I like to know the plan. I like to know what's gonna happen. Not that I, I, I go so far to say I wanna know what, what the future will be, but I go so far to say that I, I wanna know what's going on. And when you would get on the news and you would hear them say this and say that, and it's gonna be this and it's gonna be that, it, it just it started to develop this uncertainty in my heart and in my spirit, and, and, and I could feel, my, feel myself getting fearful at times. And I, and I could suppose that some of you feel that same way, but what I wanna tell you is that even with the media, even with the news, even with the headlines shouting out all of the negative things, some positive, all of this, the disheartening things, all of the information about this virus that's gone over the world that's brought human life to a standstill. Even though that feeling of fear and doubt can be all around us, and, and I know that many people, many people are, are losing their jobs because of this. Many people might even be in jeopardy of losing their homes. Thank God for this stimulus package that has gone through. We need to praise 
praise Jesus for that because God opened the hearts of the people above us in our government systems to bless us and care for us. I know that people are fearful of losing their homes, their possessions, everything that they've worked for in a sense. Um, and also the most you know, tragic thing is people that have lost family members, people that have lost friends, coworkers, from the effect of this virus that has been spreading over our nation and over the world. But even amongst all of this tragedy and destruction, I wanna say this to you. God is with those who are called by him and those who are his elect in faith. And he has given us his son, Jesus Christ, and his promises, and we can hold on to those things. Even when these situations like this come, we can hold on to who the Lord is and we can have great faith even in these moments. So we don't need to lose heart. If there is any certainty, listen to me this morning, if there is any certainty that you can have, it is in Jesus Christ. If there is any certainty, it is in Jesus Christ, period. That is where your certainty lies. He is the son of God. He is certain and sure in all that he does and in all of who he is as God, as savior, as healer, as king, and as Lord, he is a solid foundation, just like he says, I am the rock. He is a solid foundation that you can stand on today, tomorrow, and through this season. I don't know how long this will last. I don't, the Lord hasn't told me. I, haven't, I, I don't know how long this season will be. But what I know is I know who my God is. And I know that he is able. I know that he is capable. I know that he will put my feet on a solid rock and that is himself. So he is our solid foundation. And really he's a solid foundation for anyone who would come. God is no respecter of man. God does not pick favorites. So those of you who may be watching possibly this morning, maybe, maybe your faith is a little shaken. Maybe you've drawn away from the Lord. Maybe you've never given your heart to the Lord. Maybe you've never truly even known him. I wanna say this to you today. He wants you to know him. He wants you to put your feet upon him and trust him. He wants you to lead him and guide him. And he's the one that we need to put our trust in in this time. He will never fail us. I want to encourage you today. I want to remind you today that God is not dead, that he's not done even in moments like this when we're facing everything that we're facing around the world. I know that people in this time could give up their faith. I know that leading up to this time, there's been a pandemic of people renouncing their faith. Well, I tell you this, God is not done. God is not dead. He is real. He is moving and working. And I proclaim that and I believe that in the name of Jesus. And so this is not the end. This is not the end. And like pastor said, Jesus is coming. You know what that does for me? That makes me realize this. There's a new beginning coming if Jesus is coming. If Jesus is coming like we know he is, and if he's coming sooner than we even know, I say this to all you Christians who are watching, be encouraged because a new beginning is coming then. Redemption fully is coming then. So we should be overjoyed to serve him in this season and not press back, but press in. Amen? So if we're looking for fulfillment and certainty, it's going to be in Jesus Christ. He never fails. He's always going to go before us. He's always gonna make our way certain and sure and true. Today, we will be looking at how Jesus Christ is our fullness, how he is all that we need in a time when we as Christians and to all of the lost world and empty people in this world have no hope in a sense or feel hopeless. As the country has shut down, we've seen all of the major distractors. I like to call them distractors, but really they're idols. We've seen the idols lose their power, lose their appeal. Professional sports is no longer on TV. 
Athletes are no longer competing. People cannot go to the gym and work out. People can't go to outdoor facilities, park and recreation centers, sports facilities. People can't go to amusement parks. People can't go to malls. People can't go to restaurants and so on. The list goes on and on. The things that people cannot do because of what this virus has done. All of the distractions are gone. What do you have left? What do you have left in your faith? All of these places have been closed one by one and our idols have lost their opportunities to take and make impressions on our daily lives. And we found ourselves with more time than ever now. And for some people, that's scary. For some people, there's an emptiness in their hearts. For some people, there is a void. For some people, there is pure uncertainty. What they could put their faith in, in this world, no longer has weight, no longer has value. I can't watch the game anymore. I can't go do this anymore. I can't hang out with these people anymore. Their sense of life has been shut down in a way. But where as Christians, where do we draw our life from? Where do we draw our hope from? Where do we draw our source from? And that's from Jesus Christ. That's where we need to draw it from. And so the first point I wanna make today is this, and, and I'll be getting into the main scripture that I'll be speaking out of, but the first point I wanna make is this, we will never find fulfillment in ourselves and in this world. Those of you who are empty today, who feel as a void is in you, who feel as you can't find something to fulfill it, or those of you who may even be Christians, who maybe even be believers, who've been putting their trust in themselves and other things, I tell you today, you cannot do that. You will never find fulfillment in that. No matter how many things you pick up, no matter how many books that you try to read to try to get the best life now, no matter how many things you try to do, without Jesus Christ, it means nothing. It means nothing. He is the fullness. He is the fulfillment. Him, only in him. Do you find that? We look at Colossians chapter two, verse nine and 10. These two verses are gonna be the two main verses that we're gonna speak on, touch from in this morning's teaching. And it's this, this is what it says in verse nine. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. What that means is this, all of the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all of the deity, all of the power of God lives in, in bodily form, it was in bodily form in Jesus when he was amongst us, when he died on the cross for us, when he was here with us. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. Listen to that again. And in Christ, you've been brought to fullness. In Christ, you've been brought to fullness. Not in the world, not in your activities, not in the people around you, not in the, the books that you try to read besides the word of God. Of course, those books are good. Of course, they build your faith, but you just can't put your faith in that alone. You have to put your faith in where the fullness is, and that is in Jesus. So it says, and in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. So what that means is this, Jesus is in control. He's the head, not just of the church. He's the head of this entire universe, this entire world, this entire situation. He's in control. Not the government, not the coronavirus, not any of those things. Jesus is in control. He knows what's happening and he understands. I wanna go on to say this. No person will find in their heart to be full of true love and fulfillment if they draw from themselves in the world. 
And I can testify of that. For those of you who may be tuning in now, you may not know much about me, but those of you of the church family, you know my story, you know my testimony of what God redeemed me out of. I was in a world of drugs, immorality, and deep sin, and God saved me from those addictions, and he freed me in the name of Jesus. Jesus did that. He's real. He met with me, and he saved me. But I did not find fulfillment in my life from the world. I only found fulfillment when I came to Christ. I remember uh, uh, just a brief testimony of myself. I remember as a young man before Jesus, before I went off to college, and, and that's a whole other thing I could get into in, in my testimony, but before I went, my father would have me mow our fields on our farm in East Texas. And as I sat on that mower day after day that I had to mow, I would look out at the horizon, sometimes in the evening or in the morning, and I remember doing this, saying to myself, I don't know why I was doing it, but I was saying to myself, there has to be more. My heart is not fulfilled. I would look at my life. I had scholarships to play sports. I had a family that supported me. I had everything that you could want, but yet there was still, there, there, was, there was something missing. There was still an emptiness in me. And day after day, I would wake up and I'd feel this emptiness inside of me. And I'd walk through life and I felt depressed and sad. And I, and, and I tried to draw that fullness from the world. I tried to draw it from uh, you know, falling into my, my lustful temptations of my flesh. I tried to draw it from the people around me, from drugs, from all of these different things. But it would never satisfy. The next day when I'd wake up, it'd still be there. It'd still be there. It'd never satisfy until I met Jesus. Nothing in this world can give you complete fullness that your heart and your soul desires because God created all human creation to be in relationship with him and that comes through his son, Jesus Christ. Each of us have a God-shaped hole in a sense in our hearts that needs to be filled, but it can only be filled with the one true living God, Jesus Christ. Our only fullness is in Christ because in him we have a perfect fullness. What we're seeing now is the idols, they've lost their time and place and people are at a standstill and that void isn't being filled. Things that they used to try to fill themselves up with that has lost their ability and their opportunity and now they're searching for something else to try to fill it. You know, as Christians, we can do that. We get tired in the faith, we step back. I don't feel like reading today. I'm gonna go watch this show. I'm gonna go listen to this news program. I'm gonna go do this or do that to try to fill this void. And, and what happens is, is this is what I've noticed when I've, I've, when I've experienced that in my own life, because I've experienced that before. Listen, I may be a pastor, but I am a man. I've experienced that before. I've woken up before and said, Lord, I don't know how I'm gonna do this today. I felt that way before. And what I've noticed is if I, if I tried to go to that, that thing that would fill my flesh or fill that void that wasn't Jesus, it made me more miserable. It made me even more miserable. And then the intensity of the Holy Spirit would kick in. And he would say, you know what you need. You need to come to me. And as soon as I would go to him, I told our youth students yesterday, we had that Zoom meeting online that we're doing with our students. I said, yesterday I got busy. I was working on a whole bunch of different things. And it was like, I felt that, that feeling coming over me. And it was like, I felt the Holy Spirit say, just come to me. And I just went and I turned some worship music on and I got on my knees and I just started praying. And it was just like in an instant, I just felt the Lord's presence and he just filled me up 
and he gave me what I needed for that day. Each day, God will give us what we need. The things that used to try to fill that void have lost their opportunity now in people's lives. Maybe this is you. Maybe you listening this morning, maybe this is you. Maybe you feel lost. Maybe you feel without understanding. Maybe you feel like you're in an uncertain place. Maybe you feel like you, you, everything around you in a sense is falling down because you've lost what you've put your identity and value in. The certainty that you can have is in Christ Jesus and that is the only thing that will really truly fulfill your heart. If you don't believe me, try it. Try it, if you don't believe me. And I don't mean try it in a head sense, I mean try it in your heart. Really trust the Lord and see what happens. Really trust him and see him move and show up in your life, because he will, he will. In your heart, he will. He will move in your life. Galatians chapter six, verse eight says this, whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. And whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Interesting. When we sow to our flesh, when we put our confidence in ourself, when we put our strength in the world and then the things that are created by man, what does it bring? It brings destruction. But whoever sows to please the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit. From the Spirit, what? From the Holy Spirit will what? Reap eternal life. Eternal life. Only pain and destruction are in ourselves. Nothing good is in any of us without Jesus Christ. I was reading in my study Bible the other day, and it had a little note on that, and I thought about that. Nothing good is in man. Look at the history of mankind. Without Jesus Christ, look at it. Destruction, death, ruin, wars, world wars, constant fighting. There's nothing good. Nothing good comes from ourselves in our flesh, in who we are just as pure human beings. Nothing good. Because as humans without Jesus Christ, we can only sow to the flesh. That's all we can do. When you don't have Christ in your life, you can't sow to the spirit because the spirit is not within you. So we sow to our flesh and we give in to those things. But unless we come to Jesus and we believe upon him and we give him our heart, then the spirit comes in and we can begin to sow to the spirit. Why is this? Why can we say this with certainty? And it's because of this. All men and women without Christ Jesus cannot be cleansed of their sins. The flesh is your sinful nature. It's the nature that you were, were fallen with, that when we were born, it was in us. But see, Christ came to redeem us. And our sinful nature is what separates us from Jesus. It's what separates us from God. It's what created the void, in a sense. It's what made the hole in us. Romans chapter three, verse nine through 18. It says, for we have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under the power of sin. That just means this, Jews and Gentiles alike, everybody. Everybody's under the power of sin. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. 
There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways, and the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes. No one on their own can be truly good. You can try as much as you want. You'll never make it. You'll never make it. There'll always be a fault because that's the sinful nature that lives within us. There'll always be a thought, a desire, a temptation, a possible opportunity that may arise. And without Christ in your life, you'll give in every time because it's the flesh trying to overcome the flesh. It doesn't work like that. It'll never work. John 15, 22 says this, if I had not come and spoken to them, this is Jesus speaking. He's speaking to the disciples. He's speaking to them at this time. He says, if I had not come and spoken to them, the them, he's meaning the Jewish nation. He's meaning the leaders, the religious leaders. He's meaning the people of, of, of Israel. If he hadn't come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin but now they have no excuse for their sin. And I say that, we have no excuse for our sin. No excuse. Oh, this happened because of this person. No, no. It's not about how you grew up. It's not about where you came from. It's not about who your mommy or your daddy are. No one has an excuse. No one. We all have sinned. Jesus came over 2,000 years ago and he spoke to the Jewish nation and the religious leaders of their sin and he has continued to speak even after his death, burial and resurrection and he is alive and he is at the right hand of God today. We know that he is continually speaking to this world. He spoke through his apostles. He spoke through his disciples who came after him in faith and he is continually speaking now through his living word. He is speaking to us that we have no excuse for our sins. We cannot find full fulfillment in ourselves in this world because it is a sinful world. It is a sinful, wicked world. We can only find fulfillment in Jesus Christ. Romans 3.23, we know this verse, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But I do declare this to you today, that God is here and he's in this place and he's desiring for you to know that there is a way to have forgiveness, that there is a way to have redemption, that there is a way to receive of his fullness, that there is a way to be redeemed and restored, that there is a way to fill that void that is in you, that emptiness, that brokenness, that feeling of, of dread or fear. There is a way, there is a way to get away from the sinful world and to be set free from your sinful nature, from the idols that control you. There is a way and he has made that for us. He is ready to fulfill your heart with his love, with his forgiveness, with his joy. Have you had true joy? Have you ever felt true forgiveness? Have you ever needed or wanted or longed for real love? These are real things that people are experiencing in this time and in this moment. And most importantly, peace in your heart. And it is through his son, Jesus Christ. It is the Lord Jesus Christ in his death and his burial and his resurrection and believing upon him with your heart and confessing with your tongue that he is Lord and repenting of your sins. That's where you find freedom. When you die, when you say no to your old self and you say yes to Jesus, in an instant you gain a complete certainty in your life 
that it, it is completely in him now. Not just now, but then in eternity. Listen to this in Romans chapter three, verse 21 through 26. But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ. Where is righteousness given? Righteousness means right standing with God, correct relationship with God, being restored with God. How does one become righteous? Listen, righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ, to all who believe, to all who believe, not to just the perfect, not just to America, not just to people who go to church, not just to people who are religious or say they're religious. No, no, no. Righteousness is given to all who believe in Jesus Christ, to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, meaning this, there's no difference between us. There's no difference. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I said that verse earlier. And all are justified freely. Listen to this. Justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by, Jesus, by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. We're justified by our faith. We're made righteous by Christ alone and our faith and believing upon him and giving our hearts to him. The boasting of forgiveness and redemption are not in you or I, it is in Jesus Christ. He is the redeemer of your soul, the one who gives you fulfillment and a certainty of your future, that you are saved, that you are forgiven from your sins, that you are justified freely because he died willingly for you. He died willingly. No one made him go. He didn't even have to go if he really didn't want to in a sense because he was God in man form. But he humbled himself in such a way in obedience to God that he said, I will go if this is your will for my life. And he went to the cross for every person, for every human being. God has given us this gift of salvation and freedom in Christ simply through putting our faith and our lives in him and believing in him. Psalms 130, verses one through eight. Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? I say that to you today. If we took a record of our sins, who could stand? I know I couldn't. I know I couldn't stand. But with you, there is forgiveness. With the Lord, there's forgiveness. So that we can, with reverence, serve you. I wait for the Lord. My whole being awaits. And in his word, I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than the watchman. Wait for the morning. More than the watchman, wait, wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love. And with him is full redemption. Full redemption is with the Lord, is with Jesus Christ. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. Where is the fullness that your heart wants? Where is the freedom and the redemption that you need today? 
It's in Jesus Christ. It's in God. It's in the Lord. With Christ as our hope, we have a certainty in these perilous times when everything around us is shaken because our hope is in him and he's the living word of God. It's in him. In beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. That reference is to Christ. And now we have the word of God today with us continually and he's with us continually. We are certain in him and our hope is in him. The second thing is this, that I want you to take from this. Jesus Christ has given us all we need in uncertain situations. When things like this happen, we have all we need in Christ. I'm going to elaborate a little more deeply in this and we're gonna touch on some things and we're gonna talk about what we have in Christ Jesus. The things that we can stand upon, the things that we can draw from, the things that we get from him, not from the world, but from him. When we come to Christ, he is the redeeming power, but he not only forgives us and saves us through our faith and our trust in him, but he also gives us what we need daily. You see, God isn't just a momentarily God. He's a continual God. He's a God that moves every day. He's a God that's living, breathing, and amongst us. Like Pastor spoke of earlier, he's omnipresent, meaning he's all around us at all times, and he knows past, present, and future. Meaning this, God just doesn't want to do a work in your life just on Sunday morning. God wants to do a work in your life on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday again. He wants to do a work in your life daily. Personally, he wants to walk with you. He wants you to know him deeply and you to know him personally and him to know you personally. He already knows you very well, but he wants to know you even more and he wants you to know him even more. He wants you to know that every day is a day that you live with him and every day is a day that is full of his grace, his love, his mercy, his peace, and his comfort. I think American Christians have missed this. They have thought that God is the God of Sunday, the God of Wednesday, and the God of the prayer meeting. But God is not the God of Sunday and the Wednesday of the prayer meeting alone. God is the God of every day, every moment, every instance. So what that means is that in Jesus, in uncertain times and in certain times, we can have a fullness and an assurance constantly in him. Meaning wherever we go, we can cry out to him. Wherever we are, we can say, Lord, I need you. Lord, be with me. Lord, direct me. Lord, guide me. And guess what he does? He does that. Because our God is with us at all times. We all have need and we all need him. So why do we as Christians think that there's more to attain when we've already attained all that we need in Jesus? Of course, when I say this, understand me. I don't mean that we've reached perfection. That's not what I'm saying in any way. But we have all we need daily to have complete fullness and direction in our lives in Jesus Christ. Paul shows us this through the Holy Spirit's inspiration in Philippians chapter three, starting in verse one. It says in verse one of chapter three, further, my brothers and sisters rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again. And it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. 
For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh. Interesting, he makes that statement. We put no, he puts no confidence in the flesh. We as Christians cannot put any confidence in the flesh, like I said earlier, though I myself have reason for such confidence. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on law and faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ Jesus. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ Jesus, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Paul shows us that all worth of all life and everything that we need for this life lies directly in Christ Jesus. Not possessing our confidence in ourselves, but in him. Everything else that could try to make an influence has no worth if it is not in direct relation to Jesus Christ in our hearts and in our lives. Being found in Christ, that's what he said. He said, and be found in him. Be found in him. Are we being found in Jesus daily? In uncertain times, we can be found in Christ and know that God is with us and we have all we need, everything we need. Being found in Christ, as he says in verse nine, is all that we need in him, in him. So I ask this question, are you depressed? Are you depressed? Are you burdened and broken from this world and life? Have you lost all hope and all of your joy? Has the current situation with this virus and the outlook of what our future will look like scared you? I say to you today that Jesus Christ is a living hope and you can find complete rest and comfort in him. In uncertain times, you have all you need. That was the second point, right? In Jesus, in Jesus, in all uncertain times, we have all of what we need, correct? So in him, trusting him today, giving him your fears, giving him your burdens, going to his throne, finding his grace and mercy is all that you need. It's all in him today, church. If you are struggling today, go to Christ. Go to him personally. Draw near to him. Be close to him. Be encouraged today that Jesus is your answer in everything. He's your answer. He's your strength in all uncertainty. I'm gonna list off some things that, and, and I'm gonna go through these things. The first thing is this. In Jesus Christ, we find eternal love from God. In Jesus Christ, we find eternal love from God. Listen to 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. See what great love the Father has lavished on us. Interesting. See what great love God has lavished on us. Not just God has given us love, but lavished. It makes me think of this. When you go to a barbecue restaurant and you see them putting the sauce on the meat in the background, they just don't put a little, they put a lot, right? Well, God has lavished his love on us in a sense. He's lavished his love on us. 
that we should be called what? Children of God. And that this is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him. We shall see him as he is and all who have this hope in him purifies themselves just as he is pure. God has given us his love through his son and it's a continual love. It's a love that never stops. It's a love that changes who we are, our identity and our relationship in God. It's a love that never ends. In all things, the love of God is being poured out to those who have said yes to him. Not just a generic love. Yes, God loves everyone, but this is a different kind of love. This is that agape love. This is that deep love, that deep and real love that God pours out to his children, especially in times of need, especially in times of uncertainty. In Jesus Christ, we have all the eternal love that we need. 1 John 3, 16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. That's what love is. I love that then John 3.16, not 1 John 3.16, says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. He loved us so much. He showed us what love was, and that's a continual love every day. So if you need love today, if you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling downcast, and you need love in your life, You don't need to go on the internet and look up things you don't need to see. You don't need to go to the people around you. You need to go directly to God because he knows what love is because he is love. And he will lavish that love on you and pour it out to you repeatedly over and over and over. Because Jesus, I know this to be true, he would go to the cross again and again and again for us. If he would, if he had to do it again, he would, I know he would because he loves us. In Jesus Christ, we find peace in mind and heart. Do you need peace today in your mind and in your heart? In Jesus Christ, you find that. Psalms 85, verses eight through nine. I will listen to what God the Lord says. He promises peace to his people, his faithful servants, but let them not turn to folly. Surely his salvation is near. Those who fear him that his glory may dwell in our land. Philippians 4, 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. Interesting, God's peace transcends all understanding. God's peace is so mighty, so powerful, and so real when his peace comes upon us and when we receive his peace, it goes beyond the understanding of the world where people will say, how can you have peace right now? How can you be at peace with this whole coronavirus? How are you not scared? Because of the Lord, because I trust in the Lord, because my God is with me, because I will not be anxious about anything, but in all things, I will have prayer and I will bring petition to the Lord. You see, that's where we find our peace. It's in the Lord. That's where the greatest certainty is. It's in God. So if you need peace in your heart, if you need peace in your mind today, your certainty is in the Lord. That's where you will find that peace. 
John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Interesting, this is Jesus. He's saying to the disciples, he's telling them about, telling them about what's going to happen, furthering it. Go back and reread these chapters. Read John 14, 15, and 16. It will bless your soul because Jesus is pouring into them in a deep way in this, in this time. He's pouring into the 12 disciples and he's saying to them, I've told you these things. I've told you what I've previously told you in this text so that in me you may have peace. Where is peace? In Jesus, in me, in Jesus Christ, in this world. What does it say? In this world, you will have trouble. Why do we put our peace in the world? There's only trouble in the world, like I said earlier. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus has overcome the world. So if I put my peace and my trust and my hope in Jesus, I will overcome because it's in him, not in the world. The next thing is this, in Jesus Christ, we find joy and happiness. Do you need joy? Do you need happiness back in your life? Well, I could tell you right now, the purest joy and the purest happiness is in Jesus Christ, period. It's in him. Psalm 16, verses seven through 11. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord with him at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. In the Lord, in his presence, we are filled with joy and happiness. Do you need happiness in your life? I say this to you, go into your prayer closet, shut the door, get on your knees and call out to God and the presence of the Lord will show up in that moment, in that meeting and he will revive you and fill you with joy. He will fill you up with the joy that runs over. It runs over. It'll just run over and run over and run over continually. Go to him. That is where true joy is. Psalms 19, seven through nine. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The word of God is perfect. Where do you find joy and happiness? In the word of God. That's where you find it. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. Joy comes to your heart when you obey the word of God, when you obey God with your life, when you truly trust him. When I have failed the Lord in my own life, I never found joy. But when I obeyed the Lord, I was overflowing with joy because he was overflowing it in me because I was walking in obedience to him. Obey the Lord, obey his word. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure and enduring forever. Isaiah 35, verses one through 10. The desert and the parched land will be glad, and the wilderness will rejoice and blossom. This is Isaiah speaking of, of Jesus. Like the, the crocus, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it, the splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Strength, strengthen the feeble hands, steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened 
and the ears of the death unstopped. This is Jesus. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool. The thirsty ground bubbling, bubbling with springs and in the haunts where jackals once lay, grass and reeds and papyrus will grow and a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. No lion will be there, nor any ravenous beast. They will not be found, but only the redeemed will walk there, and those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. That will come to us. We are the redeemed. We are guaranteed this in Christ Jesus. In Jesus Christ, we find blessing in all areas of life. Do you want blessing? I, I, I get into it with people sometimes with this. When I say get into it, I'm not talking about being mean or rude. I get burdened, even in my own family. I want blessing. Reese, how do I get blessing? How do I get blessing? You get blessing when you obey Jesus. That's where you get blessing. People trying to do all these other things, live wicked lives, sinful lives, and then they want God's blessing. You'll never get God's blessing like that. I'm not gonna lie to you today. I'm not gonna sugarcoat that because somebody on this needs to hear that. If you proclaim to be a Christian, you're living in deep sin, you need to repent and get on your knees if you want blessing, if you want joy, if you want restoration, that's what you need to do because the Lord will give blessing to those who are obedient. He blessed Joseph because Joseph was obedient and faithful till the end. And he will bless those who are obedient and faithful. So blessing comes from the Lord. If you want blessing in all areas of life, listen to me, I'm not talking about money. I could care less about money. Money means nothing. Money is nothing to the Lord. The Lord can supply money in an instant. My wife and I have testimony of this. And I share this out of glory to the Lord. Last week, last Monday, my wife went with a friend of ours and, and she went to go buy groceries with this person. And my wife and I were a little stressed out. We were a little stressed out because we thought, you know, Lord, my wife works in a business that's not essential and her business is closed and all of these things that are happening and we live in a home where we both need our incomes and a little bit of a fear entered my mind, but I, I, I just had to say, Lord, I can't fear. I gotta trust you. You're gonna take care of me. And without hesitation, she went shopping with this particular person. And when she came home, uh, the place that we went to, uh, the lady had to pay for the groceries. And so we, in return, just sent her with the amount through you know, online transfer. And we sent it to her through PayPal. And we got a, a message back about an hour later. And it said, check your PayPal. And that person had sent back the money that we sent. And they said, while they were driving home, the Lord spoke to them and said, pay for their groceries, pay for their food. And when they got home to their spouse, their spouse came up to them and said, I felt the Lord tell me that we should pay for their groceries and pay for their food. Two people not in the same place heard the same word from God and God blessed us. I say thank you for those who have blessed us, but I say even more thank you to Jesus Christ because he's the ultimate one. He spoke to them. He spoke to them. 
And so if you want blessing in all of your areas of life, life, blessing comes from the Lord. That's where your blessing comes from. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse eight. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. God will bless you not just financially, but God will bless you spiritually. God will bless you in every way with wisdom, understanding, and guidance and favor so that in all things you do, not just money. American Christians, we've gotten this, we've, we've gotten this backwards. We've, we've related blessing to money. No, 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 no. Blessing is related to the Lord. Blessing is to the Lord. And the blessings that the Lord give us are far greater than just financial blessing, spiritual blessing outpouring, strength, anointing, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, salvation and redemption, forgiveness of sins. Those are all blessings. And if we want those blessings, we find them in Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter one, verse three says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. You see, blessings aren't just physical. Blessings are spiritual as well. Psalms chapter five, verse 12, surely, surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. Interesting. It didn't say, surely, Lord, you bless the wicked. It says, surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. And where does righteousness come? Do you remember? Romans chapter three, righteousness comes through faith in Jesus Christ, those who believe. So if we are made righteous in him, we are righteous, therefore. And therefore, God's blessing is with us. You surround them with favor as with a shield. Proverbs chapter three, verse 33 and 35, the Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the righteous. He blesses the home of the righteous. Get your idols out. Get your sin out. Get it all out. I've had to do it too. I've had to repent of my sins as well. I've had to allow the Lord to move in my heart and show me the things that I needed to tear down as well. These are all real things. He says, he mocks the proud and mockers, but shows favor to the humble and oppressed. The wise inherit honor, but fools get only shame. Blessings come to those who obey and trust in the Lord. In Jesus Christ, we have life and identity. Do you need identity? We live in a world where people are doing crazy stuff. People are, men are thinking that they're women. Women are thinking that they're men. They've lost their identity. We're seeing it all around us. It's crazy. I never thought I would see that, but that's what we live in. I don't speak hate on those people. I pray that God remove in their lives. They're confused. You see, if you need life and identity, it's in Jesus Christ. John chapter 11, verse 25 through 26, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Even though I die, I will live because I believe in Jesus Christ because he's the resurrection and the life. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Interesting, he said, whoever lives. He didn't say whoever comes at a moment, but whoever lives. If we want life and if we want identity, it's in living in Christ. That's where we find it. It's living in him. Then he said this, do you believe this? Do you believe that? Do we believe that as the church? I pray that we do. 
with all of our hearts. Romans chapter eight, verses five through 11. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God, and it does not submit to God or to his laws, nor can it do so. But those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. The spirit of God gives life to your body. The Holy Spirit gives life because of righteousness. Righteousness is life. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, do you understand this church? The spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. The spirit that raised someone, not just someone, Jesus Christ, the son of God, from the dead lives inside of you. Lives in you. You have ultimate life living in you. Everything you need living in you. Now, if, if we, it's, and then it says, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are what? God's children, identity. Your identity is in Christ. You are God's child and life lives within you. In John chapter one, verse nine through 13, it says, the true light that gives light to everyone has come into the world. He, has, he was in the world and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was, that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to what? To become children of God. In Christ, you have identity and life. And the third thing is this, and I'm, I'm closing on this last thing, the last point. Third thing is this, Jesus is in complete control of all things. Jesus is in complete control of all things. Again, let's look at that verse that we started with, Colossians 2, 9 and 10. In verse 10, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. Fullness is in Christ. He's the head over every power and authority. Jesus is the head. Jesus Christ is in control. No matter what, in any situation, God is sovereign and has his hands on all things. God is not surprised by what we are experiencing. He knows our every need and he, will, he has complete awareness to lead us as his children trusting him. Psalms 96, verse nine through 13. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The Lord reigns. Not America, though we are proud. <laughs> Not any other government systems or any other man. The Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord for he comes, he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the people's in his faithfulness. Our God made all of creation from beginning and until the end when he has come back for us. And when this world passes away, 
And when we are with him and we are glorifying him in eternity and the new heaven and the new earth, we will give, be giving praise to a God that continues to reign. He reigns now as Lord and King and he reigns forever. So we have attained in him everything we need as Christians. And as I finish with, with praying over this, pastor will be coming here as I finish praying, but I wanna pray for you. And I wanna pray that God would move in your heart through what we've just taught on, through what God has put on my heart is this. Our certainty and fulfillment is in Jesus Christ. It's not in this world. I know this world is very appealing and it is because we still have that fleshly nature, but you can't trust it. You can't trust that it'll be for, there for you, but you can trust the Lord. You can trust in him with all of your heart, with all of your strength. Why? And he'll lead you. So I wanna pray for you this morning. Maybe this spoke to you this morning. If it did, I want you to lift your hands up right now to the Lord. Maybe someone right now that, that is looking at me and through this camera, maybe you've never given your life to Jesus and you want redemption today. Maybe you want freedom from your sins. It's just one prayer away. It's just coming to him personally coming to him personally in your heart and saying you wanting him to move in your heart. Maybe you're a Christian and, and maybe it's not that you don't believe or trust the Lord, but maybe you've been in this uncertainty and it's caused you to doubt if the Lord loves you, if he's with you, if he wants to bless you or keep you. No, no, no. He wants to do all of those things. You have to trust him and obey him and stay faithful to him even in these times because he's staying faithful to you. And lastly, let's pray that we know that God's in control. Whenever President Trump comes on, whenever any government officials come on, God bless our president and our government. But whenever they come on and you get a little fearful because you don't know what's gonna happen, remember the Lord is in control. The Lord reigns. Let's pray this morning. Father, I come before you now and I thank you for your word of truth. I thank you for your holy scripture. I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who died for us. And God, I pray for those who may be viewing this now, who've never given their hearts to Jesus. I pray that they would give their hearts to Jesus right now. And it's so simple. All it takes is going to him and praying to him and asking for forgiveness and asking for him to come into their life and into their soul. God, I pray that they would give their hearts to him. I pray that they give their minds to them. I pray that they give everything in them, Lord, to him and that they would trust you. And God, I pray, Lord, for the people of God, for the Christians to be encouraged, to know that God is not dead, that God is not finished, that even in these times, in this moment, in Jesus Christ, we have all the fullness when we feel uncertain. We have everything we need. And so God, I pray that your people would go to you for the love, for the strength, for the encouragement, for the, for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Lord, that, that the burdens and the weights of the enemy cannot last in your presence, God, and that's where they would go and to find strength in you. And God, I pray that they would be encouraged today to know this, that you reign and you are still in control. You are not surprised. You know the future of the redeemed and the future of the redeemed will be this. We will be made like him. We will be with him in eternity. We will be with you, God, praising you and worshiping you. So whom shall I fear? What shall I fear? What can man do against me? Nothing, because God is for me. I pray that your people, God, would know this today, Father. In Jesus' name, thank you, God. Amen. Pastor, if you would come. Pastor Reese, thank you for that powerful message today. Church, we have been encouraged today from the incredible word of God. And I pray that this message from Pastor Reese would take you through this week. You would nourish on it. You would go back to any of these verses 
and let them sustain you and let them bless you. As we conclude our service today, I want to thank you for watching. Uh, we were ministering online as Pastor Reese was, as Brother Reese was uh, bringing the word of the Lord. People watching from different states. Uh, one, one, I saw one brother watching from Walmart. I thought, praise the Lord. I hope his boss doesn't catch him. But uh, I want to conclude with prayer. We actually had a couple prayer needs come in and then we'll close the service. One of our dear family said that they have a cousin that his wife, Kelly Harris, has contracted this COVID virus. Also, a prayer request came in. I don't know all the details, but said uh, one of their loved ones has stage four cancer. A lot of needs. Would you pray with me? Father, we lift up Kelly Harris to you. We ask you to bless her today. We ask you to minister to her. We ask you to minister to this dear one that has stage four cancer. Father, we submit them to you. We ask God that your healing presence would rest upon them. Give them grace. And now church, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God, and may the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all today. Thank you for joining us in Jesus' name, amen.